2: Ditch the
0: clowns on the left
2: and the jokers on the right
0: and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle.
2: This is the Smirkonish podcast for independent minds.
3: Question for you, to what extent should an investment manager consider environmental, social or corporate governance issues? I asked this knowing that yesterday, President Biden, kind of funny because I was attending a lecture on so-called ESG, And at that same hour, President Biden issued his first veto of his presidency. He blocked bipartisan legislation that would have repealed a Labor Department rule allowing retirement fund managers to consider environmental, social and governance principles when they make their investment decisions. A Trump era rule had required that retirement portfolio managers consider only financial gains to the exclusion of other factors. What exactly is is ESG or are ESGs? I have the perfect person to answer these questions. Alex Friedman is the CEO and co-founder of Nevada. Prior to that, he held roles, including chief financial officer of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He created its social impact fund, global chief investment officer as well at UBS. He is Well-qualified for a lot of the questions, overqualified for the questions that I seek to ask. Alex, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let's begin basic. What exactly is ESG?
4: Well, it's, it's just an acronym for the concepts of environmental, social, and governance metrics. And they all get lumped together under the headline ESG.
3: When or how did these metrics begin taking shape? When did this become a thing?
4: Yeah, you know, it it kind of became a thing 20 plus years ago under a different title. It was often called CSR, Corporate Sustainability. And it was the backwater. Nobody really cared. And if you go back even longer than that, a lot of the metrics that are included today in ESG, they were stuff that every investor was taught in business school or when they were starting out in their career to make sure they understood. Let let me give you a couple examples. If you're a 21-year-old coming out of college and you want to get into the business of managing people's money, you learn how to understand the financial profile of a company. You understand, obviously, its strategy. But you also learn to ask questions like, hey, do the employees like it there? Is there a lot of turnover? Do they have a good worker safety record? Do they have a lot of problems with, say, environmental remediation? Because those are all risk factors. But today, they're lumped under ESG.
3: As you and I are speaking, literally on a cable monitor i saw on fox news that they made reference to woke investments this is all being cast now as the president taking a position relative to woke investment strategy what does that have to do with it
4: well you know it's an example of in a in a time a politically charged time near in a presidential cycle uh, election cycle that it's um you know you pick you pick targets and esgs become a target a bit like other ones um whether or not it deserves to be a target or not, I think is the debate. There's, a, there's arguments on both sides, and let me try to give you those quickly. If you're a critic of ESG, you, you say, well, why do I see these ESG rankings of companies that are supposed to tell me if a company's good or bad when it comes to all these different things, environmental, social, and governance attributes? That's like saying, who's the best athlete? Is Tiger Woods a better athlete than Lindsey Vonn? Um, who knows, right? There's a million different ways you can slice and dice this stuff. And and that's one of the problems with lumping so many things together. Now, on the flip side, if you go to a doctor and you're not feeling well, the doctor's going to ask you a lot of questions. Some are going to be about your health history, so the equivalent of asking about your financial profile if you're a company. And some are going to be about, hey, are you sleeping well? Are you under stress? Has something changed in your routine? That's the equivalent of asking some of these ESG questions. On its own, it's a good thing to get as much data as possible, whether you're diagnosing a patient or diagnosing a company.
3: What are some tangible examples of industry where this comes up? As I'm listening to you, I'm thinking oil, I'm thinking gas. I guess I'm also thinking banking, maybe mortgages. I'm thinking guns. Am I hitting the right it list?
4: Can, well, honestly, it can come up in any industry. So, so let me give you another example. When uh, Tesla... Tesla is considered to be you know, a company that's really helping move the needle on decarbonizing the world by shifting automotive energy towards batteries away from the combustion engine. That's a good thing for the world, right? But maybe Tesla actually doesn't always get a great uh, ESG score because perhaps some of their practices and how they treat their employees um, don't look so great compared to competitors. There's a lot of different angles you can take for any company in any industry. And I think that's where a critic would say ESG lumps too much together. Whereas a supporter would say, look, we're not telling you you have to use ESG factors when you make an investment decision. But just like a doctor, you should be able to gather as much data as you want, and then you can make intelligent decisions with it. And that's, I think, what the, the Biden veto was about.
3: Is the idea that the business ought to act in a way that's good for society writ large, or that the business ought to be making investment decisions, taking into consideration, uh, Its footprint and how it's impacting the environment in other words i would think that as climate change becomes such a significant problem extending credit in areas that are going to be in the crosshairs is not a prudent financial plan so is the idea i I want to make sure i'm investing in a company that's that's at least taking into consideration the changing planet in which we live or is it to say i don't want to invest in any company that is part of expanding our carbon footprint no, it's the
4: former. It's exactly right. And you, you hit the nail on the head there. It's at, ultimately, ESG is about risk analysis. And if you are thinking about investing in a company that has a lot of factories near an area that's going to become very likely to flood because of climate change, you would probably give that a second thought and say, huh, they're going to have to spend a lot of money getting those factories either moved or able to be protected against flooding. Now, is, is that a woke capitalism issue or is that just prudent risk management? I think most people would say it's prudent risk management.
2: This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM.
3: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4.
2: Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app.
3: Alex Friedman is the CEO and co-founder of Nevada. So what does Nevada do?
4: We help companies collect the data to determine whether um, their various ESG metrics are good or not so good compared to their peers. So we don't do rankings or ratings. We're, um, We're like TurboTax software that enables companies to get their arms around their own ESG metrics and then figure out where they need to improve.
3: So at what level does a company recognize, hey, we need to have an ESG rating?
4: Well, we don't do ratings. And and I don't think um, most companies are are needing to focus on ratings. What they need to do is they need to understand how are they performing, just like they need to understand how their, say, profit and loss Their, their kind of core financial metrics look compared to the competitors. They also need to understand how their core ESG metrics look compared to their competitors because that's what investors want to consider. If you go back to my, my flood example, they're not, most investors don't want to invest in a company that's going to look under more pressure from predictable climate change dynamics. So they want to understand those metrics.
3: But at, at what, at what I'm not asking the question clearly, I'm thinking it clearly in my head, but I'm just not expressing it well. At what size does a company need to be uh, concerned about its ESG metrics at a at a level where they're taking on private investment, uh, when they're contemplating going public? I mean, wh- when does a company go from being a mom and pop, whatever that might mean, to something that recognizes, uh-oh, this is going to be an issue?
4: That's a great question, Michael. I, I think there's two ways to answer it. First, any company that takes outside investment, okay. whether it's private or public, needs to care about it because outside investors care about it. And then the, the, the second angle is, you know, we all have a responsibility to, to to not mess up the commons, the tragedy of the commons dynamic. And I think that was underscored by the UN report yesterday that, um, you know, we are we are facing a decade the last decade to try to get um, our arms around improving our our trajectory on climate. So I guess every company, just like every person has their own responsibility.
3: So if I come to you, the turbo tax of the ESG industry, what metrics are we talking about? Give, give me an example or two.
4: Sure. So in, 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 in the E side in environment, most companies will want to measure their scope one emissions and their scope two emissions, their basic kind of carbon footprint Mm -hmm. on the, As in the G side, most companies will want to understand, is my worker safety record good? Is my worker attrition good? Or do I have a problem where a lot of people are quitting compared to my peers? Do I have problems with data breaches? And then companies will often want to measure, how do I look from a kind of pay perspective? Do I concentrate all my compensation just with a few people? Or do I pay pretty competitively compared to my peers? Those kinds of questions are are applicable to every company.
3: The president yesterday, I mentioned at the outset, issued his first veto blocking a bipartisan piece of legislation that would have repealed this Labor Department rule. Can you speak to that? Explain it to us in a way that we'll understand the significance?
4: Well, sure. I mean, the the, the first point is what you said. It was his first veto. So that's that's a big deal, I guess. Um, The second point is is really one that requires a little bit of nuance. So uh, what, what the Department of Labor rule said was... An investor uh, investment manager who manages retirement assets which is called often a, a fiduciary under the rule at the DOL they have the um, ability to consider factors that I would cate- that, that are categorized under the title ESG and what the proposal um, fr- from that he vetoed was is to say nope you can't consider any factors under those um, title ESG the significance is is the president's basically said, look, I'm not telling you you have to do anything as an investment manager, but I am saying you should be able to manage the risk as you see fit. And that requires getting all the information and some of those um, some of those metrics might be categorized under ESG, as I mentioned.
3: To someone who's listening to this and thinks to themselves that a, an investment firm should be focused on one thing, and that's making money, you would say what?
4: I would say absolutely. But to make money, you've got to analyze all the risks and ESG risks are real risks and companies will not be as profitable as their peers if they choose to ignore some of the most pressing ESG risks out there.
3: Do you think that the acronym takes on a negative? I'm thinking that there have been other acronyms associated with political causes that, that seem to become buzzwords.
4: Yeah, it certainly has been under you know enough attack that it's got some negative connotations. I sometimes think about it more as with the word sustainability. Um, Sustainability is usually not as controversial a term, but it gets at a lot of the same points.
3: I mean, it seems to me you, you want people investing your money who are prudent. And if they are not mindful of some of the political, cultural, environmental changes on the planet, I don't know how they can be trusted to do the right thing with whatever funds I'm counting on them to protect until it's time for me to, you know, relax.
4: Yeah, I think that's right. And in general, you don't want to tie one hand behind your back if you're trying to manage money. You want to have all the tools at your disposal. And the central tool is risk management. And that, like my doctor analogy, means being able to ask a whole lot of questions, get all the data, and then make decisions.
3: Alex, that was really a great briefing. I really appreciate your time, and I thank you so much.
4: Oh, thank you, Michael.
3: Alex Friedman is the CEO and co-founder of Nevada. Nevada. Yes, we'll take calls on this. Let's do a round of calls on ESGs. The poll question, TC, of the day. Should investment firms consider the environmental, social good, or just concentrate on making money?
2: This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. to Michael Live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app.
3: Will, you're in Las Vegas. What did you want to contribute?
2: Uh,
5: you know, your guests mentioned not to pay attention to the ESG ratings. As an ESG professional, I live this every day. You have to pay attention to them because boards are now being asked to, you know, have executive compensation tied to ESG metrics. And so, you know, I know it shouldn't be the primary focus but it needs to be really considered and taken a look at it.
3: Will, you may may be correct, but I didn't hear him say that. And I'd be shocked if he did say that, given that his whole business is predicated on helping businesses determine what their ESG metrics will be.
5: Yeah, so he he said that they shouldn't concentrate on the metrics, but rather on some of the actual, uh, excuse me, he, he said not to concentrate on the ESG ratings, but more on the metrics. I do agree to a certain extent. It needs to be a risk management tool. However, there's a lot of folks out there who are looking at all these rating agencies, and there's hundreds of them now, um, who are grading you regardless. And that's going to impact what kind of investors you can actually attract to your business.
3: You're, do I understand that you're a professor who teaches on this subject?
5: No, I'm an ESG professional is what I said. Professional. So I deal with sustainability topics.
3: Understood. <laughs> Thank you for that, Will. Yeah. I appreciate it very much. Dave is in Bristol, Wisconsin. Hi, Dave. What did you quickly want to offer?
5: Yeah, I don't think he said that either. What I my comment was, you know, he mentioned that if this if this isn't uh, uh, paid attention to, and ESG is a part of that, that you know the funds won't be successful, in my opinion. So why have another another regulation? You know that the government really shouldn't have to deal with the funds will be successful in their in their ability to advantage
3: risk in other words in other serious. words if you don't if you if you don't run your business in a prudent fashion which takes these different factors into consideration you're not going to be long for this world anyway exactly in a, in totally a, bu- in a business that, yeah. in a business sense got it in north carolina i think that's what jay also wanted to say but i'm not sure hi jay go ahead take the floor
6: Thank you. Um, My biggest issue isn't with the EST scores. It's that the industry is so unstandardized and so haphazard and and so susceptible to personal preferences of the people who are listing it. And then the rule allowing proxy votes, to me, that gives you, it makes it absolutely right for someone in the EST industry to get with a hedge fund manager or with a fund manager and make choices based on political opinions, based on which companies that the given broker works for or works with, uh, without informing their investors. And to me, that, that's where my issue lies with I think, you know, feel free to, to get some kind of standard score, that standard set that is how you measure the score and allow that to be part of it, but not allow people to just take the money and and use a proxy voting system or a proxy system to allow one manager to control the entire fund uh, without informing his investors. That's all. Right.
3: As as compared to an era, a bygone era, when you had a lot of individual investors who were exercising their own choice, now you've got a a fund manager determining for a lot of folks which way it's going to go. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for the phone call. By the way, if you're if you're listening to this and you're wondering, wait, how did this pass? H- Biden vetoed it. Republicans control the uh, uh, or, or don't control, but control now the House don't control the Senate. Democrats do. But how did it get through the Senate? The House voted 216 to 204 to pass the resolution with votes from all 48 Republicans and Senators Manchin and Testa Tester. The Senate was able to pass it 5046 46. Here's something interesting, worthy of circling back to uh, Senators Fetterman and Feinstein, as well as Merkley and Mike Crapo. I don't know with regard to Crapo or Merkley why they didn't vote, but Feinstein and Fetterman, both ill, not able to vote. You know, Consequently, there, there's like an example of, of where absence in the case of Fetterman is, you know, is an issue. He alone would not have determined a different outcome uh greg raleigh north carolina quickly you most wanted to say what
6: i just want to say i think this strikes in the face of a free market and democratic society i don't think it's fair at all and i don't think that we should be required to invest our money in certain companies because of their ESG rating and it's just not fair i I don't i don't like it one bit you're if you're an investment
3: manager go invest as you see fit and the government ought not to be telling you what you've got to take into consideration what? Yeah. And I, there's you know, a lot of folks are of that are of that opinion. Um, Larry, Sarasota, Florida. What did you want to say? So if everything is as good as your case, your uh, guest makes
4: it out to be, why would anybody be opposed to the Department of Justice rule that enables fiduciaries to make investment decisions other than those that are in the best interest of shareholders? Obviously, a lot of people are concerned that companies, some companies, bleeding heart CEOs or whatever, are going to make decisions that are good for ESG, that are not good for shareholders, and they don't want fiduciaries to be able to invest in those companies.
3: It's a good point. Uh, to be continued, gang, I'm, I'm so grateful that there was such interest in this subject. Please make sure you are voting on the poll question at com. Should investment firms consider environment? social good or just concentrate on making money
2: hear more of michael Smirkanish on sirius xm's POTUS, channel 124
0: live weekdays from 9 a.m to noon east or anytime on the sxm app connect
2: with michael on facebook twitter youtube and at Smirkanish.com.
0: michael Smirkanish for independent minds bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet?